a funny thing to say considering you said what Danny Brown was like the dirtiest book that you read in like a really long time. In a while. But like yeah. I am reading these for the plot. Welcome to All My Friends Are English Majors, the podcast where I, a business major, make my friends, almost all English majors, read popular fiction with me. This week is Comp Con Week for Bodyguard Week or Fake Dating with a Bodyguard Screen on It Week is probably more likely what it is or month. Um, my friend Mo is on. Mo, hi. Hello, everyone. How much school do you have left? We have three and a half days. We go until Thursday, which is miserable, but I'll make it through. I have like the easiest activities for everyone to get through. So, (laughs) Gotcha. And you you posted on your Be Real that you did your last like facts shopping. What are the kids getting to make? Great question. We made sugar cookies today in sixth and eighth grade. Actually, we iced them. We made them yesterday. And then seventh grade made quesadillas. And then on Monday, we're going to make quesadillas in sixth grade. We're going to make caramel corn in seventh grade. And eighth graders get to make cinnamon sugar tortillas, also known as elephant ears, if you've ever heard of those. And then everyone's making homemade hot chocolate on Tuesday. Because I thought a fun little holiday treat for winter. And and it's dairy free because I didn't want to even deal with it. So it should be fun. We're literally just going to, like, melt chocolate, and it'll be nice. Yeah. I am excited. And then Wednesday and Thursday, we aren't cooking because we have, like, activities planned for the whole school. So I've spent, like, a lot of money this year. Yeah. <laughs> Are you spending your own money? Oh, absolutely not. I have a budget of, like, 5000 for just my class because I'm, I'm, like, my own department. But I have, like, I have to grocery shop, which is a lot of money. And then I have to pay for, like, fabrics, which is also a lot of money. And I have to pay for, like, sewing machines, getting service, which is a good $500. So, like, I have, like, a lot of big items that I, like, or not big items, but, like, big purchases because food shopping is, like, so expensive. I probably spent $2,000 this semester just on food. We had to um, buy our own fabric for sewing. Oh, really? Yeah. No, we supply it. Yeah. I think I spent 300 on new fabric. For the eighth graders, just to make the project. Oh my god! For like eighty of them. No, not eighty. Sixties eighth graders, probably. Yeah, we had to buy. Yeah. Our own. Yep, I buy it for them, and which is, it's fine. And like they get what they get. They picked it. They picked out from what I picked out. So no complaining. Everyone was fine. We made aprons. Nice. A lot of them are giving them to their mothers for Christmas, which is good. Good. We finished that yesterday. It was the hardest <laughs> month of my life getting kids to use like ancient machines. So, but whatever. It's fine. I did Watch it. Watch it on ancient machines. I love my ancient sewing machine. My mom bought it <laughs> in the 90s from a school that was selling their like workhorse sewing machines and yeah. that little lady is a workhorse she will do her job okay i <laughs> i'm gonna add ancient and cheap sewing machines oh okay because <laughs> they all like when i acquired this classroom 
like half of them had tape around them. Oh. Um, they're all missing. There's like, I think like five of them are missing spool pins, which is like what keeps the thread on the machine. Oh no. Um, like, like they're just not good. And you can't take off like the part that would like, <laughs> that like shows you where all the thread is. Like if the thread gets like wired together or like wrapped together. So it's, I'm out here with like a butter knife trying to like oh, no. screwdriver my way through these machines. Which is fine. I I'm get I got approved to get new sewing machines this summer, which is really cool. But Ooh, yay! Yeah. Ooh, yeah, I know. Good for me. But fax is different than English. If you can, so. I am remembering this. When I took sewing classes in high school, the machines had these bobbin casings in them that were like the metal little like ball, and then you had yeah. to get the case into it, and then you had to wiggle the little. If you can avoid. Having that extra step of the little, like... Oh, trust me. It breaks. They get lost. Yeah. Miss it. Miss those kids with that shit. Try not to get those. Yeah, I know. We had issues enough with, like, our simple bobbins, so I'm not going to get, like, a crazy one. Yeah. Can you just, like, hear the wealth from my high school, the school district? Uh, Yes, I can. (laughs) Thank you. Yeah. I was always really jealous of the kids who took the cooking side of facts, but I have really always been the way that I am. And literally since like, like, I'm like a fifth grader and I'm like, okay, I'm picking between band and choir. And once I pick one of them, then I have to do it the whole time. And I have to have an hour of my electives always taken up by band or choir, by band. That's booty. Do you know how much I could have done in high school? We have a lot of kids who like, have to lead out on um who can't take a bunch of explos which is what which is what we call like our extras um because they take band and choir and it's like dumb so um yeah we definitely miss out on a bunch of kids i have a bunch of kids who are like i wanted to take you but i'm taking band and i'm like lame um but the band teacher is really cool so i'll give it to them yeah like learning to read music is cool and doing marching band was fun but like looking back i'm like well yeah. You might not have needed to do that. <laughs> no, I get it. Okay, everyone. Before we had nine minutes of technical difficulties where both <laughs> Mo and I turned our computers on and off and I went and, sorry, Cerner, sorry, Oracle Cerner, I stole Sam's work headphones so that <laughs> maybe whatever was going wrong could go right. We were about to explain what CompCon was. So yes, we did not read a book this week. We read our three books no, already, no. and we are going to talk about things that were good in the three that we read, things that were bad. We're going to rank the men. We're going to rank the books. When we we yeah, when I started doing this podcast, I really wanted to think about the concept about the difference between like reading a book and consuming a book because I think a lot yeah. of book talk and bookstagram are really in their consumption era. But not in the, like, English sickly way. Like, really, they're just, like, consuming a shit ton of content all the time. Because that yeah. is kind of how we've started wiring our brains. Like, we were really we were really meant to be monkeys. And instead, I'm addicted to six-second videos. You know? Yep. I think we all are, yeah. But all that to say, like, it's important to, like, look at popular lit and book talk books and be like, okay. Like, do I need to read more books like this? 
if I want to read more books like this, can I, like, look for something better? Or is this, like, the pinnacle? So, like, did Mo and I read the pinnacle of fake dating books with a bodyguard in them? (laughs) That's a great question. Are there more out there? Are there more out there? And so we'll also do recommendations, (laughs) which I gotta tell you, folks, I'm playing fucking loosey-goosey with the recommendations. I'm like, does it- I did go for fake dating. (laughs) I was like, fake dating? Are we just- Cartoon covers? If it has a cartoon cover, will I recommend it? Maybe. So, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Mo, are you excited for CompCon? It's your first ever. I am. I'm, I'm excited to talk. I like, I liked all three of these books. I'm excited to read, read, talk about them, I guess. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm excited about it. This will be fun. Okay. Do we want to talk about the tropes that are most present in Bodyguard Month. Yeah, let's do that. So, fake dating is the most, I think, present trope. Like, Shoddy is there. Like, we are fake dating in these books. But I think the other big trope, and I think that something that I really liked about these is all of them had miscommunication, and all of the miscommunications were good. Yeah, and it was different. It wasn't like, Oh, I saw her with a girl, and I just, just, I saw him with a girl, and I just assumed that they were dating. Yeah. Which I think is the worst type of miscommunication that, like, media has. Um, which is also, like, it's just such an outplayed and dumb miscommunication. It's like, do you not expect people to talk to other human beings when you're dating them? This was, like, a good classic miscommunication that made sense in the different um context that we were reading them well and all of the miscommunications were like legitimate conflicts like yes like hannah is insecure the whole book we know it's coming but then like when her and jack miscommunicate there's a gun to his back and she goes right back in to argue with him and then yeah with like danny brown they have that terrible knockdown drag out nasty argument that neither of them want to be happening like that's a good miscommunication like that's a good argument i think somehow we picked three even with like a fake fun spy novel we picked three books where like healthy conflict exists and healthy (laughs) conflict resolution exists which like sometimes you read one of these little cartoon cover romances and you're like oh oh okay (sighs) we're doing this again (laughs) Um, yeah, no, I agree. I think the conflict was really healthy. Um, and it also wasn't like over, it wasn't played out too much or overplayed, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Uh, cause sometimes I feel like I'm reading a cartoon cover book and I'm like, oh my God, we've either had this argument six times already in the book. The girl has thought about this the entire book. Like I've had 27 chapters of this played out in her head. <laughs> um, but I feel like through these books, the conflict that we came across, it wasn't like that. Yes, Hannah was insecure the entire book. Whatever. Yeah. But, like, when Jack all of a sudden, like, switched up on her, like, that was out of the blue. It wasn't, like, <clears throat> he had been, like, treating her poorly the whole book, you know? So, I liked I liked it. It didn't feel overplayed or out... out um, I don't even know what I'm saying. It didn't feel like I was tired of it at, at any point. So It didn't feel like yeah. a stretch either. Yeah. Like, I think that's yeah. a good way to put it, is, like, you didn't yes. read it and you weren't like, 
here's the thing. Like, the purpose of romance is not to be realistic. I think that Catherine Center kind of oh. proves that. And I think when people talk about romance novels and, like, the way that Zaff talks about romance novels, where he's like, it is yeah. comforting to know and, like, brings me joy in my regular life that, like, when I see something bad happening in a book, in a romance novel, that, like, something good is going to end the book. Like, it is not going to end yeah. bad. Like, sometimes you read the ones that are a stretch and you're like, yeah, we didn't even need to have the conflict. But, like, these books, because, excuse me, I'm drinking LaCroix and I'm burping. Um, <laughs> note to self, professional podcasters are probably not drinking bubbly things while they're recording. Um, Even if they say they are in their ads, guys. Oh, yeah, that's so true. What is, what's the soda? Olipop? Olipop. Yeah. Poppy, yeah. maybe. Or, yeah. like, bubbly. Ooh, Bubbly's the one that they talk about. Yeah. They're probably lying. They're probably not drinking They're that not long, drinking so. it on camera. Although, I think that Jason and Travis Kelsey are probably drinking Accelerator Active Energy because I, like, see them doing it in their little <laughs> videos. Like, act- yeah, yeah, yeah. And they're, like, absolutely getting it. But also, no one would give a fuck if one of them burped. But unfortunately, yeah. this is a literary podcast, so I probably can't be and belching LaCroix. <laughs> Uh, that's okay. It's okay. I forgive you. I'm getting back on my train of thought. I'm gonna do it. The ones where the authors have not really bothered to create a re- a well-rounded character, where you like don't like Hannah has her insecurity. Dana has Danny has her boy issues. Zoe has the whole amnesia thing. Like, yeah, people like have reasons to like have hangups and to like have trouble communicating and have things they need to work through. And it makes it so when there's an actual miscommunication, you're like, okay, yeah, like I've gotten to know this character. I know that they have this, this, and this going on. And it makes sense that we would have this conflict. Maybe that is the flaw in the, in the, in the system is when they're like, well, it's a cute enough story that we don't actually have to create any sort of, well-roundedness to the characters because it we are doing something basic so we can just have basic characters you can't you can't you can't i don't want to read the same book over and over no and i think that's why i don't like hallmark movies um i like can't stand hallmark movies even though they are like fascinating very they're very fascinating i feel like the whole structure of a hallmark movie is like so formulaic that i do love a good study of a hallmark movie but um, they're so basic and the characters are not well-rounded. Like, yes, the plots are crazy. Why are they always in some idealistic town doing the most random, like, tree carving contests that you have to do on, like, the 24th of Christmas or whatever? <laughs> but, like, the characters are so un, they don't have any other interests other than work and they only wear gray and they have to have a tight ponytail because they are a business lady. And that's all you yeah. know about this girl. Yeah. Until all of a sudden she's like, my father, ne- like, he used to love Christmas. And, like, that's all we get about her. And I hate that. I hate watching, like, these characters. Um, I will say when they have, like, insane plots, like, there was one last year where it was called, like, The Colors of Christmas. I'm going to just shout this one out. <laughs> it's called The Colors of Christmas. And it was a guy who was colorblind. and an optometrist um and she fell in love with him so she could show him what the colors of christmas were and at the end of the movie she gave him colorblind glasses (laughs) so it was really good actually i think she signed him up for a study either way i thought it was so it was so bad i was obsessed with it though um i like 
hyped it up to everyone I knew. It's like, you gotta watch The Colors of Christmas. Oh my god. Other than that, like, unless it's like an insane plot where you're like, this is so dumb. Although, I have to watch it. I will say, I do think people need to be putting some respect on Hallmark's name. Because the ones that Netflix is making, they're booty. They're even they're even they're worse. much worse. Yeah. Like Hallmark is at least pretending to care about like continuity and like yeah things making like a little bit of like you're only like it's a little bit of holiday magic as opposed to like yeah the Christmas Prince. You're like she's not a journalist. She doesn't know what's going on. No. She's no. Idea she's what's like happening. committing a crime. Like she's breaking and entering all the time. Yeah. Like. Come on, girl. Yeah. Like, like, please tell me how this is real. Like, the Netflix it's movies not. don't respect Christmas magic. And Hallmark, all they're no. doing is respecting Christmas magic. And you know what? Exactly. That's a little I'll bit I'll give better. you that. I'll give you that. Yeah. Um, back, back to the well-roundedness of these books. <laughs> That's why I think the conflict works. Because we get to see these characters in such good light. I also think that... Take a hint, Danny Brown, and, oh my gosh, the Allie Carter one. Blood Bond Identity. I think those two work really well because we get to see both perspectives of the characters. Like, we, the conflict works even better because we're getting the male and the female perspective of it. We're not just seeing, like, one side of it. Um, like, The Bodyguard, the actual book, not just, like, The Bodyguard, the, the role. Um, I think that one works because it's like a surprise element where like he's got a gun to his head and we don't know it. Yeah. Um, and like Hannah doesn't know it. I think that's a great conflict because like it's surprise. Like, oh my gosh, why is he acting like this? But I think in Danny Brown and in, um, the Bond identity, their conflict works so well because it's like, oh, like why is he acting this way? Because we know he's trying to protect her or like, why are they fighting? Because they both have such big issues. Um, like Danny really has this issue with boys. Yeah. Like who have hurt her and like and I don't know, I think that's really nice. If I had only seen Danny acting like this and it was like, no Safar, like really like I wouldn't have known Safar loved her that much if I didn't get to see his perspective. And I probably wouldn't have cared, honestly, as much. He's such a sweet boy, but I wouldn't have known he was such a sweet boy without getting to see his whole side. So I don't know. I think it's just all about the good writing in the books. Yeah. yeah, I think I've said it before on this podcast, but like I really want to like peel back their their heads and look into their brains. And yeah. like I, I'm I know that this is like a funny thing to say considering you said what Danny Brown was like the dirtiest book that you read in like a really long time. In a while. But, like, yeah. I am reading these for the plot. Like, <laughs> I promise. I, I promise. Like, I am. I Like, that is sometimes <laughs> a little bit of icing on top. But, like, like I said in the blonde identity, like, before we, like, jump into the politics of consent, like, the tone of whatever happens between the characters physically does need to match the rest of the books. And, like, that did not work for me in The Blonde Identity, but in Take a Hint, Danny Brown? Yeah. I agree with you. I'm reading the Chloe Brown one. Like, I'm reading the other two Brown Sisters books now, and, like, I, it genuinely is for the plot. Like, yes, <laughs> she's got a great way of writing it, but she's also really good at writing a story. And if, like, 
if it's a smutty book, it's not going to be worth reading a smutty book if the plot and the romance is also not there. Like, the plot has to be good. If I'm not interested in the plot, I'm not going to read it. I don't care. Yeah. I don't give a shit about this smut if it's not a good romance. So. Yeah. I agree with you. I agree. It's for the plot. And I'm not lying. I just really feel, and I don't know if you feel this way, that, like, as a woman in my 20s, even though I am in, like, a very healthy, committed relationship, I, like like to read stories about people finding their way and so many of these romance novels are not so much about finding fulfillment in a relationship but just like like a lot of these are about self-love and like growing up and learning to have healthy conflict if they're well written and like all of that is stuff that I really like to read about like I read a Helen this actually was very funny I don't know if I'm, like, overtired or I just, like, am less repressed than I used to be, but I've been talking about this on the pod, how books are making me cry all the time. I read, like, The Heart Equation or whatever the fuck it's called by Helen Wong. And... Okay. I think I know what you're talking about, yeah. Um, like, two-thirds of the way through, her father has a... Like, halfway through, her father has a stroke. And the rest of the book, she is, like, taking care of him on his deathbed. And she is, like, really, really, really struggling mentally so much so that when her older sister is going to force her to play the violin at her father's 80th birthday party that she knows he doesn't want to have and she doesn't want to play at, she throws her violin down the stairs and tells people that she dropped it and has, like, a full meltdown and I woke up this morning and like read that book and was like weeping and I got I got a headache so bad that I didn't get out of bed for like another two hours (laughs) but like that's like you're telling me that in your smutty little romance novel you're gonna like write a story about like grief and how it affects not only the mind but also the body so impactful to me that I'm going to like shed some tears then have to lay a bed for a couple of hours like I am reading it for the plot no I know and (laughs) I think okay you know what I think Danny Brown did that like I think like the way Zaf handles like his whole life post his father and um brother dying is him like handling his grief in such like a mind-altering way oh Zaf. I love Zaf so much. I love Zaf. Which we can get to after when we write when we rate them, but yeah, I think we both agree that he's number one. Oh, we d- I think he's yeah, we one. are both in I agreement. think we both put him at number one. Yeah, I don't know. Do we want to go but, into the perfect man? Do we want to start ranking? I think we should. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so, in the perfect man, all month we've been talking about whether or not these are good men, and we're kind of three for three. We think these dudes rock. Yeah. And like, not just in like a, they're hot way, but like, they're hot and are good at talking about their feelings and. Yes. Bangers all around. They're great. They're great. Do, do you yeah. want to do your Zaf's ranking first? One. Zaf is number one. Yes. Zaf is number one on Zaf's both our I love Zaf. He's my favorite. Zaf's number one. I put Jack in number two because I love Jack Stapleton. Like, he is like, one, he's like, one of the main reasons I love the bodyguard. And then I do love Sawyer, but I think I like Jack's like, oh, I'm a movie star, like, ah, ha, ha, like kind of attitude, like goofy little, like, I'm going to protect you, but I'm also fun. Um, I like that he wanted to protect her, even though she was his bodyguard type of way. And I loved his whole like 
even though he had like kind of a strained relationship with the family, I liked his relationship with his mom, which I love to see. I mean, like, yes, I hate a like a mama's boy, but I like a bo- boy who has a good relationship with his mom. There's a difference. There is a difference. Um, Essentially, yes. we want a boy who loves his mom, not a boy whose yes. mom is going to hate his wife because she's taking her son exactly. away. Exactly. Um, and she, we have a great relationship with the mom in the book, so I love that. And I also, um, I just have a very like clear, beautiful picture of what Jack Stapleton looks like in my head, and he's beautiful and perfect. Um, and I like Sawyer, too. I think he's great. He just is a little too gruff for, like, to be my number two. So, like, if there's more men on the list, he would be high up. But, like, he's third out of these three. So it's Zaf, Jack, Sawyer for me. So I think if we're going by, like, truly who are good men, it goes yeah, Zaf, Jack, Sawyer. Unfortunately, yeah. Catherine Center is yeah. to you what Ali Carter is to me. No, I agree. And yeah. so, and <laughs> I also grew up, like, watching Burn Notice. Did you ever watch Burn Notice? Yeah. I actually did. I know exactly. I was thinking of Burn Notice while I was reading this book. Okay, keep going. And so I'm simply like, oh, hot spy. Talking about being a hot <laughs> spy. Like, taking care of this woman who's like a scared little deer. Like, yeah. and uh, my little brain is just like, perfect. We love this man. Like, yeah. in, I find it, unfortunately so attractive in a book where a man is like god damn it like now i gotta and then they like do something that is so ridiculous and over the top when really genuinely truly they could just go to the british consulate and it would be okay no you know i agree with you and instead they're on a weeks-long adventure he shows her his childhood home like she saves them by getting they get to be the michaelsons like, yeah. I, we love I it. unfortunately am like such a big sucker for that that I'm just like, oh, he's my number two. Like, if we're going in order <laughs> of like how much I like them, it's Zaf Sawyer Jack. Yeah, because yeah, I personally like how big Zaf is, and also that he's been to a lot of therapy. Um, that's exactly why we. Love <laughs> I love Zaf. He's perfect. He is perfect. And when he, like, causes a problem, he does not go harass Danny. He mopes a little bit. And then he gives help from the people he needs help from. And, like, problems get solved. Like, normal people. Zaf has to be number one because he is, like, actually true to life. Like, he... That, and I also love a rugby player, so... Yeah. (laughs) Hate to say it. Uh, Mo and I are making uh, a lot of eye contact on Discord right now. We're like, we're like really like trying not to tell on ourselves too badly to the entire audience, but we are like really telling on ourselves really? to each other. Yeah, guys. Um, I love Zab. I, this might be like a, a dad issue for me. <laughs> I grew up watching my dad and all of his friends play rugby. I really love rugby. <laughs> it's a whole other thing though. Move past it. Move past yeah, it. you want you want me to cut that from the audio? Or you want me to leave that one in? You know, <laughs> you know, you choose what you do with that one. I gotta tell you, Jack is my last place just because, like, to me, he was the least like like he definitely wasn't two sided. Like he definitely had at least three sides, but I feel like I like got a whole twenty sided dice with Zaf and with 
yeah. with Sawyer. Like, I feel like I really got to, like, see a ton of different facets. And to me, Jack was a little bit one-dimensional. Okay. However. I can see that. Handsome. Nice. Has been to a lot of therapy. His, like, one major yeah. character flaw was that he was lying to the rest of his family about how his brother died exactly. to protect their feelings. Yeah, exactly. Um, have you seen, obviously you have, you've seen Cheaper by the Dozen, correct? Both. I have seen both Cheaper by the okay. Dozen. I mean, who hasn't? But you know the oldest brother who's played by Tom Ellis? That's how I pictured Jack in my mind. Oh! And, like, as see, Charlie! So, like, yes, as Charlie. And so, like, a young Tom Ellis, um, playing, like, Jack, or, like, as Jack. Yeah, okay, okay. I think he's beautiful. And I think that also gives me more of, like, a, oh, he's, like, a little bit gruff, but, like, ready to flip you. I don't know. I love it. Um, <laughs> I love Jack. I love Jack. You do He's love just, Jack. I love him. I love Jack. But I also love a Catherine Center male written character, so that could be part of it. I do Catherine have Center's her second my, book my on girl. hold at the library, so I'm waiting to, like... Wait, um... The, the her new one? Yeah, the, the one with the blue cover. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, I have that one. I haven't... I haven't... Well, I started it and then I got really busy this summer, so I didn't finish it. But she has other good ones, too, that I highly suggest. Well, I'll put those at the end. Okay, for, yeah, for toss those. Sometimes I will just be, like, talking to whoever my guest is during ComCon, and both of us are just, like, coming up with more books. Wait. <laughs> to yeah. be like, wait, 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 wait. Wait, I got another one. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Um, yes. Yeah, but, yeah, no, I think it's Zaps Zaff, Jack Sawyer, which I think... I like that we're both in agreement over Zaf. Yeah. And I also think we both have our respective reasons for Sawyer and Jack, which is good. Yeah. So, yeah. Okay. Which makes sense for the two of us. Yeah. We are not misogynists on this podcast. Never. So we are going to talk about the women. Yeah. I don't know what your ranking is. My ranking is Zoe, Hannah, or Zoe, Danny, Hannah. Because I find Zoe to be so fucking charming. I think she's so charming. I think that the amnesia for her was just kind of perfectly written, where she is, like, whip smart, but is also like, I don't have any shoes! And I don't know my name! And I, like, don't know why I have these instincts, but my instincts are keeping me alive! And, like, all of this is so fun! Also, just generally, like, the amnesiacs, my identical twin sisters in the CIA, like... Yeah. Like, it is so obvious and it is so good. Yes. I actually have the same ranking for the ladies. I like Zoe, Danny, and Hannah, which I think it's funny. You have a note on here that you're like, I think, um, like, most obviously choosing Hannah's her number one. (laughs) Um, I love the bodyguard, but Hannah is not my favorite, like female lead character in a book um i love her she's a little too unhinged she's a little she's a little unhinged (laughs) i think she's just so down on herself the entire book which i know like other people are factoring into that like but like there's also so many people like outside of her work who are like you're so beautiful like you're so amazing blah 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 and i'm like okay let's take the people who don't work with you as like a bodyguard into account um for this <laughs> yeah because so i think the people who work with her just years like a guy's got a guy's girl who got to get the job done um 
and like a very Sandra Bullock in the um miscongeniality like pre makeover. I think that's how they see her, and I think the people who know her like outside of work see her as um actual miscongeniality. You know, well, and um, her, that's how I always like. Why are we it. listening to anything her dick ex boyfriend says? Or her boss. Like, why are you listening to your boss and your ex-boyfriend? Those are, like, the two worst people to listen to. And then your friend who just cheated with your boyfriend. So I think Hannah has a very, like, bad view of herself because of the people she's around. And while I do love Hannah and I do love the bodyguard, she's ranked last out of these ladies. And I love Danny. She's amazing. She's actually one of my favorite characters. But Zoe, I think you're right. She's She's just so funny. Like, the little things she says in this book crack me up. And I loved the way she just, like, she has amnesia this whole book. <laughs> but, like, still, like, her personality still really shines through. Where she's, like, language. Um, How does she know or, that she doesn't just, like, swear? Just, she knows. She just she's, knows. Like, I, I don't know my name, but I know that I don't like that. And I think that's really endearing. Um, And I think she's really smart. And I, I don't know. I really like her character. Um, so yeah, those are, those are my rankings on it, at least. Yeah. It is so funny that you have Hannah last. I just like, (laughs) well, and even though you love the bodyguard, you told me in the bodyguard pod, like those first three chapters, you're kind of like, okay, Catherine. Yeah. I'm with you because I love you. But like, Hannah's going to have to start acting a little bit different if we're going to be all right here. Like... Which, like, exactly, like, so, like, I also think something we haven't talked about yet, because we were talking about two separate books, is the grief between, like, the grief in the bodyguard is very different than the grief in, um, Danny Brown. Because, like, Zap's grief is, like, he was much closer with his family, and Hannah's grief, she, like, wasn't very close with her mom, but she feels, like, um, bad, I guess, or she feels guilty that she wasn't close to her mom, and so, like, there's like that element about it and like you can't judge anybody for their grief everyone handles grief differently but her grief was a little annoying (laughs) in the first few chapters of the book and i hate saying that but like it just was well i but then it gets better and i like where it leads in the book i also think that you and our you and i specifically are people who have had to like develop coping mechanisms for anxiety and when situations are out of our control and so, yeah. when Hannah is like, oh, yeah, I have all these weird coping mechanisms. I'm sleeping in my closet. You and I are both like, that's fine. That's what, like, It's okay. Why is that weird? Are you sleeping? Are you sleeping? Yeah. Are you, like, starting to function okay? Okay, then don't fuck with it. Like, sometimes you have a hard time. And you have to puzzle yeah. out the ways to, like, make it better. Like, I was not sleeping yeah. very well last week. And I was texting Jess about it because she bought me these <laughs> magnesium ashwagandha gummies last spring. Love that. That were great, but I yeah. I took them all and I need to buy more. And I was like, what are they? And then I was like, oh, I have realized what happened. I don't know if you ever shared a hotel room with me when I was on Tsunami and I was like brave enough to turn a room as dark as I needed to be to sleep. But like I'm like I think I have. I'm like wandering around the hotel room like turning the lights on and off trying to figure out where all the glowing is coming from. We have to go to bed. <laughs> yeah. That just has to happen. No, I get it. it just has to happen. It's no, it just does. how I have to exist. And so like for Hannah to she's not being a pick me about it. 
But she no, also is like not really being honest with herself about like what a coping mechanism is and like she's like uh this weird thing i picked up yeah she's like uh i wish i wasn't being such a freak right now you're problem solving you can can do what you need to do to take care of yourself like it is okay i promise like everyone has a weird quirk that that helps them get through their life it's okay we all do it I, so I don't have Instagram or Twitter right now. So my Facebook is getting like increasingly unhinged in what it's showing me. And I'm seeing a lot of like screenshots of Tumblr posts. And I saw one (laughs) that I know that I've seen before. That's this woman talking about when she like was seeing her therapist and she was talking about feeling overwhelmed and being like, well, like, I have to rinse the dishes before I put them in the dishwasher because if I don't rinse them, they're still crusty. And if they're still crusty, like, I have to just wash them by hand anyway. But I I don't have the bandwidth for it. And her therapist was like, "Yeah, run it twice. Like, there are no rules. Yeah. Run it three times. It's, you could do what you Who need cares? to do. Who yeah. cares? Do what you need to do. And I just, like, exactly. someone needed to say to Hannah, like, you can run the dishwasher twice. Like, there aren't any rules. There's no rules. You can sleep in your closet. You can go on this assignment. You can, you can do what you need to do. It's okay. Yeah. I agree with you. I agree with you. I have a lot of uh, weird quirks that, um, might be autism. That's okay. <laughs> it's a different topic. Um, <laughs> might have recently gotten a test done, but like I will, ref- I refuse to eat off of plates that like aren't like plain colored plates because I get distracted. Or not distracted, but I can't do it. And people are like, that's so weird. Just use the plate. And I'm like, no, it's fine. Let me use my plate. And like the kids, like I, the kids don't know at school, obviously, because I just am like rushing around. But like, I will get like, I'm, it's fine. Do what you need to do. If you need the clear plate, if you need to sleep in your closet, if you need to run your dishwasher twice, do what you need to do. It's fine. It's okay, yeah. guys. And I think that's why Hannah bothers me is because she, She's just, like, so, like, ugh, I'm just so weird right now, and, like, blah, 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 and it's, like, no, you are grieving, and you can't sleep, and you found a way to sleep. Let it happen. Yeah. You? And just, uh, yes. Unfortunately, you do have to continue to exist when bad things happen to you, and you just kind of have to, like, do it however you can, and Hannah's, like, ah, I can't believe I have to do it however I can. Like, She's like, oh man. Girl, we're tired of you. Like, you don't even have to tell anyone. Like, you could, you're not living with anyone. Like, you are by yourself in this apartment, sleep in the damn closet. Yes. It's okay. You heard no it here knows. first. Stay in the closet. That's <laughs> <laughs> what I tell everyone. I'm just kidding. <laughs> um. Okay. Do we want to yeah, rank the books? Yeah. I don't know. I feel like I enjoyed all of them. Right now, I think in this time period, I really think Danny Brown was my favorite out of all of them just right now. I really enjoyed it. But I liked them all, like, a lot immensely. Yeah. And Bodyguard's still, like, one of my top five books of all time. But, like, I'm really in that, like, I'm going to continue reading the Brown Sisters books and find books like that, I think. Yeah. Um, but that's like the only ranking I feel like I can do like without 
Because I feel like they're so different, but, like, also the same. I don't know. They are, like, three really different books. Like, yeah. they're not in an office setting. No one's dating their co-workers. Like, it's not. Yeah. Like, it's kind of like when Emma and I did Old Flame Month. Like, mm-hmm. all that means is, like, these people either used to date or used to pine for each other or knew each other when they were young. And then, yeah. like, a whole world is open to you. A whole world of settings, yeah. a whole wor- world of where they are now. Like, there's so much that can happen. Yeah. And I think that is true also of a month where it essentially turned into fake dating month where there's also a bodyguard involved. Like, yes. the whole world is open to you. So these books are, like, not super, super comparable. Like, they're not all written by the same author. They're not all, like, the tropes, like, the way that people miscommunicate in these books is so different. Like, yeah. I can't be, like, the exact same miscommunication trope was used all three times and this is the one I think was better. Yeah. If we're going by enjoyment, I think it might be my same ranking as the men. Yeah. Danny Brown, Blonde Identity, Bodyguard. Yeah. Because I just, those first three chapters of the Bodyguard are real, real doozies. Yeah. Whereas, like, you start, I like the Blonde Identity the first time I read it and the second time I read it. I was like, I'm picking this up and I'm not putting it down. Yeah. I feel like, okay, so I do this thing. Do you have Letterbox? I do not have Letterboxd, you know Letterboxd but I know is. what Letterboxd is. It's okay. good reads for movies. So, exactly. Um, so I'm so bad at keeping track of my, like, Goodreads account. Like, I never write the books on there. Yeah. But on Letterboxd, if I enjoyed the movie, I had a good time, like, watching the movie. Like, I didn't, like, hate it the entire time. I give it a five stars. No! Which, like, I know that is not how people use Letterboxd. And, like, I give five stars to movies that, like, everyone is ranking, like, three stars. Um... Like, where's my letterbox? For example, recently I gave a five star to the movie, um, oh my god. I'm so scared about what you're about to say. No, um, I recently gave a five star, well, I I always give a five star to the movie Wine Country, which is, like, ranked a 2.6 on letterbox. (laughs) Or, like, I also gave a five star to Saw 2, which is a three on letterbox. So, like, any movie. Whatever it is, I think the last movie I gave not a five star to was pers- the new Persuasion, um, retelling because I hated that it. upset my but mom a that, lot. I give it upset it my mom really a bad. lot. <laughs> she was like, but "That is that, not Jane." <laughs> if I had a good time, like I will give it five stars, and I feel like that's how I am with reading nowadays. Like, unless I am visceral reading this book or I do not finish it, like, it is a five star for me. Like, I can't rank it. I can't just be like, man, this one's better than this one. Yeah. Um, I will tell you, like, this is my favorite book right now because, like, it's the last book I read that I really liked. But I'm, I'm not great at ranking things. <laughs> um, like, it's just not something I've ever been good at. Um, I use, I think, um, this is on the topic of like reading versus like consuming. I think I used to be really like big on overanalyzing because I had to. And then I turned completely into like, um, 
like a like a consumer like i stopped reading completely for like analyzing and now i've gotten to the point where i'm like no you have to like analyze it a little bit or it's not fun at all because if you're just consuming it's boring well but i think within that it's it's also like so hard for me to rank them because i'm like i either don't like it or i like it and that's it really so yeah no, I, don't know. I get that i think that i really fall in the consumption category just to just to yeah. tie up ranking the books, all three of these books are bangers. I would recommend all three of them. Yes, we did not read a bad book. I think you should month. read them all. I'm no. not ranking them. I yeah. have fallen into the consumption camp a little yeah. too much. Yeah, and like I really discovered that with Sally Rooney Month because I. Loved the show Normal People. So when I read Normal People for the first time, I was really careful when I read it. And I didn't realize yeah. that's what I was doing. And then I read the one with the uh Conversations with Friends and yeah. Beautiful World, Where Are You? And I just, like, walloped my way through them. Because I was like, this book, like, this is the woman who wrote Normal People. I am going to love this book. And I consumed them. And I didn't read them. And yeah. I was like, these books suck. <laughs> like, yeah. I don't like them. And then when I had to read them for the pod, and I knew I needed to prepare to, like, be able to really, like, talk to Jess about them and really be able to, like, articulate my issues with them. Mm-hmm. It made them a lot better. Like, a lot better. Because a lot of the things that I had yeah. issues with, like, were either refutable by the fact that I needed to, like, think about the fact that I was, like, not reading romance, or, like, were refutable by the fact that I, like, read it again and I was like, oh, like, I am seeing the humanity in these people so much more. Yeah, and I think that's why, like, I think consumption with just, like, a little bit of it. Uh, just a little bit of reading. Yeah. Like, is what a little bit of reading is a treat. A little bit more on, <laughs> a little bit of reading as a treat. I think that's what we need on tick, like a book talk a little bit more. So I think people are just like, read this Colleen Hoover book to like every person they meet. And it's like, if you just read that instead of just like skipping through it, you would A, not like it as much. B, you would want, you would want, you would long for some better books. <laughs> I'm really hating on Colleen Hoover. No, that's okay. This is an anti-Colleen Hoover podcast. Thank God. Me and the, um, <laughs> me. The, actually, I don't know. I'm trying to think of if my grammar is correct. The English teachers and I at school are like big anti-Colleen Hoover fans and we'll, we'll text each other like memes all the time. But like, I think if we just spent a little bit more time reading, uh, or in like analyzing, we'd also understand these books a little bit more. And like the ones that are deep, like I think most of book talk, I'm going to say 75% don't actually understand what normal people is about. <laughs> like, they're like, why did they end up together in the end? And you're like, are you kidding me? Or like, I don't know. That's just my thought. I also think we are slightly losing our media literacy just in general. Um, and I think the overconsumption of like book talk books and that kind of stuff is part of it is because we're just consuming rather than just like analyzing at all. So yeah, those are my, my takes on it. It's kind of a classic internet touch grass moment. Like you're like, it really you're is. like, really go is. outside. That man is, I, I do appreciate that like 
some people have started to delineate between like a good partner and a book boyfriend. Like, I think that that's probably a healthy thing to do. But also, yes. like, some of the stuff that is recommended, I ha- I'll read. I will wait months mm-hmm. on the waiting list because yeah. people are like requesting these books from Libby. And then I'll read them. And once again, I am asking, is this your king? Like, I'm not asking. And then there are some books where I'm like, here you go, King, you dropped your crown. Like, people should be recommending this more. But most of the time I'm like, this is your king? No. This world building? This male main character? This is your king? I've really moved off of book talk to, like, (laughs) still on TikTok, but I follow a lot of, like, book sellers on tiktok like not sellers mm. but i guess like bookstores and i like only trust their recommendations now yeah and i have also decided like the bookstore girlies on those book talks on like which ones i trust more than others so like i'm like okay i know this one has better taste than this one but so like i don't know guys let's follow the bookstores they have better taste than these random girls I gotta say. I will not trust recommendations from anyone who has ever made a video of their pile of books that they've bought this year and their pile of books that they've read this year and the pile of books that they've read never catches up to the pile of books that they've bought. Exactly. Exactly. I don't trust you. I don't. No. You're just consuming. And you're just, you just want to buy the pretty covers. I will say... Space that it has taken me like six months, but I also think I've been suffering from perhaps some of the symptoms of chronic burnout. Um, and <laughs> I finally started reading The Distance Between Us by Maggie O'Farrell, which I've owned and has been on my bookshelf for like yeah. six to eight months. But I'm doing it. Hey, no judgment. And I'm I'm getting yeah. to it. The issue is there is no there's no reason to finish this book when I have books at the library that are going to be due in 21 days. No, I like, get that. Like, I gotta be grinding on Libby to get my shit done. And... I get that. This book is just here in my house. It can wait. It can, it can wait. It can wait. That, that has been my wait. real issue. Where, But the people who are just, like, buying stacks and stacks and stacks of books... Are you also there's checking no things real- out from the library? Like, I just don't yeah, understand like, the, the, like... There's no real motivation. Yeah, there's no... I don't understand the psyche behind it at all. Are you ready to do recommendations? Yeah. We have hated on other women online for long enough. <laughs> hey, I, I'm i not a misogynist, people. I just think some of us need, <laughs> need to get our ass No, I am, a, I am whatever it's called when you hate rich people. That's what it is. Yeah. Uh, Anyone with that type of disposable <laughs> income, I hate your guts. Me too. Give it back to me. I'm a teacher. I need the money. Yeah. Donate it to me. Please donate to your local school. And into my pocket. So I have two fake dating wrecks. And then I have one cartoon cover romance that I thought was really fun and I don't think I've recommended it on the pod yet. Love, 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 love. So I unfortunately love Christina Lauren. I don't know if yeah. that's a crazy take, but I, like, all of the, her books that I have read, I've been kind of, well, their books, because there's two of them. Their names yeah. are Christina and Lauren. Um, We've actually read one of their books on the pod, uh, Love in Other Words, I think is what it's called. We read that for Old Flame Month. Did make me cry. 
Yeah. I just reread the Unhoneymooners. It is so much fun. This girl who considers herself chronically unlucky, her sister at her wedding had won this big trip to go to Hawaii, her and her twin sister, and then gets food poisoning, essentially, and she pretends to be her sister and goes to Hawaii in her stead with the groom's brother, but they're mortal enemies. What will happen? Oh, okay. It's fun. It's quick. The conflict is better than it could be. It's got a fun cover. It's great. It's a fun one. My other fake dating trope is by Tessa Bailey. It's unfortunately yours. This girl has to get married to access her trust. So she gets fake married to a Navy SEAL, an ex-Navy SEAL, who's trying to open his own winery, but he's ass at making wine. And they have a lot of miscommunication about, like, he doesn't want her to help with the wine because of, like, certain personal reasons, but she feels like it's because he doesn't trust her. And maybe this is also a bodyguard wreck because he is an ex-Navy SEAL and that's close enough. Okay. I like it. Um, my non-fake dating, non-bodyguard is a book called The Seven Year Slip which is a girl whose aunt has died and she lived in a magic apartment that every once in a while just sends you seven years back in time. And she gets sent back in time, meets this wonderful man. And then when she leaves the apartment, she starts seeing him in real life. And he remembers their seven years ago thing that happened. And she doesn't remember it because it's happening to her in the present. And it makes you feel a little funky timeline-wise. And I did have questions about why the present man was so comfortable with the fact that she was, like, actively, like, having a physical relationship with his younger self at the same time, but only when the apartment sent her back in time. That got a little messy for me. But, like, this book was also about grief and also about, like, growth as a person. And I just thought it was really sweet. So, I would recommend it. I'm going to have to look up the author while you give your Rex. Wait, I think I know because I think it's Ashley something. Okay. Ashley, you posted? Posted? I don't know. My friend really wants me to read that one. Um, It has been on, like, my my reading list for like ever yeah it's by ashley posted yes there we go um so mine is a um an exes to lovers book but also it's a fake dating book it's happy place um uh if it's happy place by emily henry we all love emily henry if you don't love emily henry um i don't think we can be friends actually yeah why are you listening to this (laughs) podcast why are you listening to this podcast? Actually, get out of here. Go get out. Keep listening for the subscri- for the for the view. But um, I love this book. I think it actually might be my top Emily Henry book out of the four Agreed. that she has so far. Um, a little synopsis is that like um, Win and Harriet like were engaged, um, but then they broke up. But all of their friends go on this like big trip every single year to this um little. I guess cabin-ish type of thing in Maine. Um, and so like Harriet was going to go, she didn't know when was going to be there. And then he shows up 
but they hadn't told any of their friends they broke up yet. Um, and so they decide to fake date for like the trip just to like keep everyone happy. Um, which means like fake dating and like making like it appear like everyone is still together and they're all still happy, but like they're with their closest friends who like thought they were still together. Um, so it's like there's a lot of conflict there and miscommunication there, but not be just between those two, between their friends and everything. But it's also, I think, Emily Henry's best um story with multiple people. I think so like from Beachry to now, she starts with like two main people and then the next one she adds a couple more people and then with book lovers she added more people and then this one she's got like a main cast of like eight people or six people i guess and they're so well written and it just like reminds you of how much you love your friends and i love it so much so i think it's a great one if you like have some friends that you've been missing i don't know I love it. And it's a great fake dating book. And then my other one is a, another Catherine Center classic. It's called Happiness for Beginners. It is not the one that Tucker said she has on there. I might this have read it. This is one of her older ones. Um, it's, it's the little hiking one. I don't know if you have. Oh, you wait, might have. no, it was happy. So, Did they just make a, um. They just made it on Netflix. Okay. I yeah. watched the movie. I have not read the book. Okay. The movie's really cute. The book's really cute too. But basically, um, Oh my god, I can't remember her name. I think it's Ellen. But, oh, it's Helen. Yeah. The main character decides to sign up for this, like, hiking trip. Um, that, it's like a month long hiking trip. Uh, cause she's getting divorced and she's like, I'm gonna completely, like, become a new person. And she's a complete beginner at hiking. She should not be, it's a beginning hiking trip, but she decides not to bring a book for this month long hiking trip. She, uh, doesn't tell anyone when she gets blisters. So like she gets like full bloody thing, like full bloody cuts all of her legs. Um, she is always the one in the back of the hike. Um, and it's just like a group of like a ragtag team of people who all like are learning how to hike together and like learning how to be people again. And it's really cute. Um, and it leads to like, a cute little romance between her and her brother's best friend. Um, who's, he's also on the hiking trip and like he's going through some things. It's really cute. I love it. And it actually, like a lot of the things in the book actually happened to Catherine Center. Um, not the romance, but like she actually had blisters and someone like actually broke her leg on this like trip that she went on. It's really good. Oh. I highly suggest it. It's a really cute book. Um, and the movie is really good. So if you feel like you don't have time for a book, the movie's good on Netflix, so yeah. I find Those are my two. Is her name Ellie Kemper? Yeah. I find her to be like one of the most charming women in existence. And I don't know why. I do too. But I do. She also just yeah. She just re-recorded the audiobook. So if you are feeling like you really love Ellie Kemper, you could get the audiobook and listen to Yay. her rehabbing for beginners. Okay, that actually yeah. sounds She's really the main fun. character in the movie. I know. And you did listen to the audiobook again. So. Those are my recs. Wow, we did it. Bodyguard month is done. Do you have anything else that you would like to say? Um, I just want to say keep reading uh for for fun everyone. It's great. Read for fun but also analyze your books. Don't just read it to consume it. That's it. That's all I got. I think there's those two are sides of the same coin. Two sides of the same coin. I think that's very wise, Mo. Okay. This has been all my friends are English majors. Next month, we're reading my favorite uh, teen fiction books. 
We're reading the Graceling books by Christian Christian Kishore. Bailey is coming back. Um, Fails. They are my favorite books ever, so no one's allowed to say anything mean about them. Um, even though they are very cheesy teen fiction, the like main character of the first book has two different colored eyes, which is kind of the whole thing. Anyway, anyway, um, follow us on Instagram at English Majors Pod. Send us an email at EnglishMajorsPod at gmail dot com. Um. And yeah, thanks, Mo. We'll see everybody next week. So fun. Bye, guys. Bye.